0: Welcome to Bible chapter every day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Acts chapter 10. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, as we read this chapter, we pray that you will help us to get past our prejudices, the things that are keeping us from accomplishing your purpose in the lives of the people around us. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. Acts chapter 10. Now, there was a certain man in Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian cohort, devout and fearing God together with all his household, doing many charitable deeds for the people and praying to God continually. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming to him and saying to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him and became terrified and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and your charitable deeds have gone up for a memorial offering before God. And now, send men to Joppa and summon a certain Simon, who is also called Peter. This man is staying as a guest with a certain Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. And when the angel who spoke to him departed, he summoned two of the household slaves and a devout soldier from those who attended him. And after he explained everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. And the next day, as they were on their way and approaching the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became hungry and wanted to eat. But while they were preparing the food, a trance came over him. And he saw heaven opened and an object, something like a large sheet, coming down, being let down to the earth by its four corners, in which were all the four-footed animals and reptiles of the earth and birds of the sky. And a voice came to him, "'Get up, Peter.' Slaughter and eat. But Peter said, Certainly not, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common and unclean. And the voice came again to him for the second time, The things which God has made clean you must not consider unclean. And this happened three times, and immediately the object was taken up into heaven. Now, while Peter was greatly perplexed within himself as to what the vision that he had seen might be, behold, the men who had been sent by Cornelius, having found the house of Simon by asking around, stood at the gate. And they called out and asked if Simon, who was also called Peter, was staying there as a guest. And while Peter was reflecting about the vision, the spirit said to him, Behold, men are looking for you, but get up, go down and go with them, not hesitating at all, because I have sent them. So Peter went down to the men and said, Behold, I am he whom you are looking for. What is the reason for which you have come?' And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, a righteous and God-fearing man, and well spoken of by the whole nation of the Jews, was directed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. So he invited them in and entertained them as guests. And on the next day he got up and went away with them. And some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. And on the next day he entered into Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. So it happened that when Peter entered, Cornelius met him, fell at his feet, and worshipped him. But Peter helped him up, saying, Get up, I myself am also a man. And as he conversed with them, he went in and found many people gathered. And he said to them, You know that it is forbidden for a Jewish man to associate with or to approach a foreigner. And to me God has shown that I should call no man common or unclean. Therefore, without raising any objection, I came when I was sent for. So I ask, for what reason you sent for me? And Cornelius said, Four days ago, at this hour, the ninth, I was praying in my house. And behold, a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your charitable deeds have been remembered before God. Therefore send to Joppa, and summon Simon, who is also called Peter, This man is staying as a guest in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. Therefore I sent for you at once, and you were kind enough to come. So now we are all present before God to hear all the things that have been commanded to you by the Lord. So Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I understand that God is not one who shows partiality, but in every nation the one who fears him and who does what is right is acceptable to him. But as for the message that he sent to the sons of Israel, proclaiming the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, this one is Lord of all. You know the thing that happened throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism that John proclaimed? Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, because God was with him. And we are witnesses of all the things that he did, both in the land of the Judeans and in Jerusalem, whom they also executed by hanging him on a tree. God raised this one up on the third day and granted that he should become visible, not to all the people, but to us who had been chosen beforehand by God as witnesses, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify solemnly that this one is the one appointed by God as judge of the living and of the dead. To this one all the prophets testify that through his name, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who were listening to the message. And those believers from the circumcision who had accompanied Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and glorifying God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can withhold the water for these people to be baptized, who have received the Holy Spirit as we also did. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to stay for several days. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. We sometimes call Cornelius the first Gentile convert, meaning he was the first non-Jew to become a Christian. Of course, there were the Samaritans, but they were sort of half-Jews. And then there was the Ethiopian eunuch, But Cornelius is the one that Luke focuses on as a turning point, because he tells the story twice, once in this chapter, and then they discuss it in the next chapter and rehash the details. To us, this may seem like just another conversion, but to Peter, this was a big change in his thinking. He'd grown up prejudiced against Gentiles. They were unclean. He wouldn't go into their house or eat with them. And like any big change, it takes a lot to get us there. The story opens with a description of Cornelius, showing him to be really trying to follow God. God gave him a vision of an angel who mentions Cornelius' prayers and his good deeds and tells him to call Peter. They didn't have street addresses or GPS coordinates in those days, so the angel gives directions as they would understand them. Now, the scene shifts to Peter, on the roof, praying, while he waits for lunch. Peter is hungry, so God gives him a vision of animals and tells him to kill and eat. The problem is that the animals are not clean animals. So a good Jew would never eat them. But God says, The things which God has made clean you must not consider unclean. It is repeated three times. I guess God really wanted Peter to get the message, which he is still puzzled about. Then the Holy Spirit told Peter to go with the men who were looking for him. So since the day was half over already, Peter invites the men to stay in Simon's house that afternoon and night, and then they hit the road early the next morning. Now, after the vision and the Holy Spirit telling Peter to go with the men and hearing about Cornelius' vision, you would think that Peter would understand. But God has to prompt him a bit more. When Peter first arrives, Cornelius falls down at his feet. Peter says, get up, I myself am also a man. So Peter is showing that he understands he is not superior to Cornelius. Peter goes in to find a large crowd assembled. On previous occasions, when Peter has seen a large crowd, he knew immediately what to do. Preach. He did that in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 3. But now Peter sees a large crowd and says, So I ask for what reason you've sent for me. So Cornelius repeats the vision he had seen and tells Peter they are ready for him to deliver a message. So Peter preaches about Jesus. That Jesus came to the earth and did miracles. That he was killed and that he was raised from the dead, that there is a coming judgment, but that God will forgive those who put their faith in Jesus. In other words, he preached the gospel. Then the Holy Spirit fell on the people hearing the message, and they started speaking in other languages. So Peter said in verse 47, Surely no one can withhold the water for those people to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit as we also did. We would have to say there is no reason they shouldn't be baptized. But then, why was there even a question? It seems that if God hadn't sent the visible sign, they might not have been willing to baptize the Gentiles. And now for a deeper dive. I think we have to talk about prejudice. The idea of prejudging. In America, when we talk about prejudice, we immediately think about prejudice against black people. There's still far too much of that, even today. But have you noticed how you'll be treated differently perhaps in a store or a restaurant, depending on the way you are dressed? Of course, that is just the area of physical things. What about spiritual things? We all have our biases on what we knew growing up without even having been told things necessarily. We see things through a lens, and it is hard to imagine a different way of looking at things. One example is a church building. Can you imagine a church without a church building? Well, it depends on what you have experienced in your life did you know that there is no mention of a church building in the New Testament? There are so many other examples of how we think things ought to be that comes not from the Bible, but from our prior experience. How do we get past all of that? Well, I think God will help us if we are willing. And some things are not as important as others. Some of us could probably go the rest of our lives only being part of churches that have church buildings, and it won't be a terrible thing. But other things like how we think about people who are different from us in various ways, will need to be addressed. So, I guess we should be open to listening when God tells us something is clean. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible. Copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.